okay, hang on a second. This isn't going to work as I had planned it. But even if that happened and maybe it was like, okay, I knew there was a solution that was still in front of me. I still knew what the solution was, mm -hmm. even though it wasn't according to the plan. And then eventually I found myself at spots. And I was like, oh, and now we're back on the plan again. We're back to where where I actually had something written. I wasn't lost. Mm -hmm. I still had this thing that I was riding on. Right. Even though I had moved away from it, it's suddenly, okay, now I'm back. I There was always that, there was a direction that that plan had always kept on pushing me towards. This is Way of the Artist with Brandon Colby Cook and Evan Schulte. Identifying your blocks and demystifying your struggles so that you can claim your own path and make your life a work of art. Welcome, folks. Welcome, one and all, to another Way of the Artist podcast. We're uh, we're getting ourselves set up here for what we think is going to be a really great topic. Like many of our topics, this one kind of just came along by uh, by us having a, a conversation, as we often do with each other, Brandon. Yes, as we do. <laughs> and uh, we're like, you know what? That would be a great thing to for us to dive into, for us to explore, see what we find. I mean, we've already kind of had some stuff, obviously, that's... That started to uh, percolate. percolate. Yeah, yeah, nice. Nice. Real nice. <laughs> That's how in sync we are, people. That's how in sync we are. Um, so this one is all about planning to improvise. It's a bit of a play on words here. We're talking about planning. We're talking about improvising. We're talking about the value of these things. We're talking about the relationship with each other. Um, and the balance that these things have with each other and see if we can again demystify some of the the things that we often think about what planning is what improvising is the value of each of these things let's get into it yeah well it's it sounds like these things contradict each other planning and improvisation but there is an element of both that are always at play i mean as you're making a plan you are kind of improvising as you're thinking about, okay, well, I'll do this or this will whatever. And then when you're in the moment, the plan in some form is probably going to go to shit. You know, we all kind of know this, right? It, rarely do things go perfectly to plan yeah. exactly as you expected them. But sometimes they do and that's fine. But the improvisation is responding to that moment in that present moment when things shift or change. And in a lot of ways, we want to also bring in how you can have a plan for when you get to a moment where you need to improvise. An example of this might be, um, well, let me use the example I shared with you earlier, which was like, you have uh, maybe you're in business and you're talking to a client and that client says, or potential client says, I don't have enough money. They want to do the course or they want to do the program or whatever thing it is you're offering or the service. They want to buy the thing, whatever it might be. But they their limitation is they don't feel like they have enough money. You don't want to be working that out in the moment. You want to have already thought about that. So one of the things that I've done is I thought about, okay, well, when I didn't feel like I had enough money to do something I wanted to do, but I still managed to do it, 
what did I do? What was my, my problem solving? What was my solution? Because if I can share my solutions or my options with them, they might realize that they have more options than they thought. And that you can plan for. So you can plan for things to go wrong and then improvise in the moment when or if they do. You know, every mm -hmm. once in a while, you're going to be working with a client and, you know, um, for example, for the people who are in business, and this can work in other things, I'm sure, but you'll have that person that just, they have no problem. They're just like, they, they have their time sorted out, their, their schedule is worked out, their money is worked out, everything's worked out. They're like, great. They're like, yep, I want to do it. Boom. You sign them up. All good. You work together. Awesome. But a lot of people, most people have some limitation and usually it's around time or money. And sometimes it's around relationship. Like, they don't feel like they can do something without permission from someone else or whatever. And that's something that you might need to help them work out. For example, you could be working with somebody who they go, well, I got to talk to the wife or I got to talk to my parents or I got to talk to my friend or blah, blah, or whatever. They like, or I got to think about it. But you could preemptively come up with solutions like, OK, well, if you're going to go and think about it, let's think about it right now. Let's think it all out. Let's work it all out right now, mm -hmm. you know? Um, and the, I think the key thing too is like, if you're flying by the seat of your pants in that moment, you might pressure them and they can't think. So if you plan, you can be like, let's just take a moment. Let's sit here in silence on the call if we need to. Let's just be here and let's work out some ideas. Well, I have one idea. Why don't you try this? You throw one in the hat. Okay, um, you know, blah, blah, blah. Or something might come up and you might realize it's not that they need to think about it, but it's like, well, I'm just scared if I make this investment or if I put this time in that it'll take me away from something else or, you know, and what'll happen is if you work together, you can figure things out. But my point is, if you don't plan for that to happen, you're going to be kind of winging it and a lot of things can go wrong. So yeah. Planning to improvise, and that's just an example, planning to improvise is about being prepared for the moment, and then in that moment, the improvisation is, I'll respond. But I have a yeah. few options is what and I can do. In fact, planning in many ways could potentially, I'm going to throw this out sure, there. Sure, yeah. Could, we could define planning as, um, as preparing the ability to respond. Yes. You know, because the, the plan itself is not a response. Right. You know, like it's, but it creates a place where we can respond from, you know, it's like, it's that backbone. And I mean, to relay this to the artistic fields, I mean, at least the ones that, that I know about, you know, with acting, you know, this is something we have both explored a lot in our lives is that you do a lot of work off the stage or, or you know, off of, off of set, whatever it is. And you have a lot of hours that go in that nobody ever sees and whatever these processes are that you have, but there's hours upon hours upon hours upon hours of just investigating like about this character, physicality, like discovering all of these things about them. And all of that is great, but it ultimately comes down to being in a moment with another person mm -hmm. who you don't know exactly what they're going to do or what's going to happen that day on set or on stage. I mean, I just finished doing a play. There were things like there was a new thing every single performance that 
changed some things that went wrong or some things that just went differently than they normally did. You know, and we have to be able to respond. But the thing is that, and it's kind of a beautiful thing because all of us, we really trusted each other. Mm. You know, like all the actors, we, we had this trust in each other so that when something went wrong, when one of us stumbled in some way, we were caught mm. somehow. We understood the context of what was going on. Mm. Like what's going on in this play? What is going on in this scene? What's going right. on in this moment right now? Where then it's like, okay, improvise. Yes. And we almost always improvised with something that was brilliantly perfect. Like it, like in ways that, that actually shocked us hmm. because whatever the, the line was that we improvised or action or whatever that we came up with in the moment, we look back at it and say, that's so funny because that almost foreshadows something that happens later on. Right. You know, like it was, it was there, it was us just trying to respond to something within that second, mm. but it actually was so appropriate for what was going on, but also had these other colors that actually kind of added to yeah. the play ultimately, which was a strange thing. But the, the main thing that I'm saying about that, aside from that whole angle of it is that, all of this was our preparation. All of the rehearsals that we did, all of the work that we did. When something happened that we needed to respond to, that we had to acknowledge in front of an audience, we were okay because we were prepared. Mm. We had planned. We couldn't plan for that whatever particular thing to go wrong. But we had a level of preparation where we had an ability to respond to whatever was going to happen. Yes. And you could argue too that your preparation was all your years of practicing, you know, and training as an actor. Mm -hmm. Right? Like all the time you put in, and this is this is a lesson that I'm really kind of learning at this juncture in my life is like all the time that I've put in to whatever I've done is all preparation. It's all preparing me for whatever I, I don't even know what's about to come but i'm seeing it happen all the time and when you have an innate ability seemingly innate or some natural ability i would argue that somewhere along the line you were prepared for it somehow and and i like to kind of say you were prepared for it think yeah. about that you might not have even prepared but you were prepared for it. Like it's like yeah. the world prepared you to something else so that, think about that word, prepare. Like it's yeah. a preparing. So when you get paired up with that moment, you have already been paired with that moment. So you're already ready for that moment. And the other thing to consider is that you don't always know how much you're prepared. You don't know like, how much your life and just the like that's why I, I love how these conversations go because we relate so much about like our personal lives into it your personal life is a preparation for the moment mm -hmm. so when you're in the worst of it when you're in the shit like I, I like to always stop and go okay this is probably helping me this is probably preparing me for something this is probably a gift even though I can't see it right now trust and have faith that 
later this will pay off somewhere, somehow, in some way. The other thing I'll share is two things I wanted to share. One is that there's usually only so many things that can go wrong. Like mm-hmm. there's only so many things that you need to adapt to. Um, so like, for example, with a, like a client, it usually, a new potential client, it usually runs into, I don't have enough time. I don't have enough money. Um, it's a, it's a, it's a personal limitation, like an internal, like they just don't feel like they can do it. Um, or it's a relationship one. They usually fall under those categories. You can get more specific, but usually it's going to have to go under that. So a lot of your preparation work can just be like, okay, it could go wrong with this, 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 or that. And you can preemptively kind of go like, well, what do I do? And so, for example, if you're an actor and you're doing a play, what if a phone goes off in the middle of your play? You could prepare for that. You can already get ready for what you'll do, how you respond and how you'll deal with it. Mm -hmm. And it might be in theory, but you can start to think of some options. Well, I could pretend it's not there as one option. I could, you know, I could change the dialogue and respond to it and go, I hear a sound like, and, and almost give space for that person to turn off their phone, but kind of keep the play going. You could do a whole bunch of things and that is a creativity. That's an artistry there. Um, and one last thing I'm going to say, yeah. when you're prepared, there's no reason to fear. This is a key element that I've learned. If you're prepared and you kind of have come up with solutions already, you never have to worry about the thing going wrong because you go, well, if the thing goes wrong, this is what I'll do. But if you have no option to do anything when the thing goes wrong, that's probably why you're scared. Mm -hmm. So I just wanted to point that out, that preparation, actually proper preparation can eliminate a lot of fear. And that's an important element in improvisation because improvisation and flow is gonna happen when you're fearless. Yeah. And I mean, even when there, because there are times when something can happen, something can go wrong, or there's something that you hadn't prepared for. You'd maybe prepared for all these other things. Life is full of throwing us unforeseen things (laughs) we did not plan and prepare for. Right. But even those things that we did prepare for often aid in figuring out something for the thing you didn't prepare for. Right. You know, because there's something about, it opens up that creative side of us in fact interestingly enough planning is an incredibly creative thing to do it is i'm just realizing like because you're you're thinking of hypotheticals different scenarios you're imagining it it's like okay if this happened what am i going to do if this occurs and this occurs it may never occur if it does you're prepared for it if it doesn't or something else happens you've already kind of got yourself into a state of problem solving yes figuring out how you can and so you can you're still in a great position to improvise something right because you've been building up that muscle it's like going back to that whole prepared thing as you, that you were just yeah. talking about <laughs> i just wanted to share this story because yeah, it, it. it's still just kind of going over what we just said but it was a, a story that uh, a friend of mine who's a producer and an amazing guitarist we went out for a for a hike and we were just shooting the shit and he was telling me the story not real not uh, us talking about like being present and planning and stuff like that but he was sharing a story about when uh he was in a band when he was younger and him and like one of his other bandmates they had they used to practice doing like the guitar 
throw where the, they would like throw the guitar around their shoulder. Okay. If you've ever seen that move, it's like you have your you strap like swing on it around. and yeah. swings it around your body. Right. And so they, you know, planned and prepared this. They've rehearsed this thing of like, they do it like synchronistically at the same time. They would chuck this thing around and, and play and they did it in lots of shows. And one show that they did it, they go and they, and they, they swing their guitars around. His buddy was stepping on his cord without realizing and throws the guitar and it just like chunks and he just falls over. And when he's throwing his, the, the lock for the straps breaks off and he just pitches his guitar (laughs) (laughs) across the stage. And they're like, like, how, how could you plan for that? Yeah. But his buddy, who I also know, who is their drummer, yeah. he sees this happen. So what does he do? He just launches into a drum solo. <laughs> like he just he just goes and throws everything that he has into it, awesome. brings the house down, yeah. right? So it's like sometimes did everybody see that this shit happened? Of yeah. course everybody just saw it. But you tur- this is the beauty of the improvisation, is that you have someone who's like, all right. Here's an opportunity <laughs> for me to just do this at this moment in time. Give everybody a chance to like recover and get it back together. That's such an incredible story, man. I'm so glad you shared that. The other thing which is really, really cool about that story is the team element, which I love about that story, which is that you make a mistake and you have someone on your side there to help you pick up the slack. That's why I think community and team is so important. I'm very big on that right now in my life. Um, Getting people around you that when the plan goes to shit, you know, which I think we even did an episode on that. So you can can look back and and find (laughs) that. Yeah, we did. But having someone there to go, okay, like things went wrong. I'm not going to like point it out and make it worse for you i'm gonna i'm gonna fill the space i'm gonna help you out and like great acting partners and and great team members that's what they do they they help out when things go wrong yeah and something i want to point out is you can be that kind of team member if you're the prepared one if you're the one that is willing to um like look at your life and go go where can i pick up the slack where things might go wrong for others you become invaluable you mm-hmm. become extremely important to other people and some people will point and laugh some people will get stunned and stall and they'll you know and they'll and make some it some people won't appreciate it too exactly but... and some people won't appreciate your efforts if that's what you're saying yeah, yeah. and uh you know and that that's just what it is but one of the things is that planning in some ways can be about surrounding yourself with the right people. You know, that when you're looking and you're taking inventory or taking stock of the people you have around you, do you hang out with people that when you make a mistake point and laugh? Or do you hang out with people that when you make a mistake, they tilt your head back up and help you pick up the slack, yeah. right? Because you know what's around you or you have an idea and sometimes you don't. But sometimes when things go wrong, that's when you find out who's around you. That's when you find out who your real friends are. That's when you find out what your real relationships are. And unfortunately, some people, you know, they have, um, let's call it a tribe, that will throw them under the bus the moment things go wrong, that will turn on them. Um, I've, I've been in that situation. I've also been on the other where I've had people pick up the slack for me. And I can tell you that 
when you have people that will pick up the slack for you, when you have people that will tilt your head back up, your ability to do what you want to do monumentally better. When you know or you have a sense that the people that are around you aren't really there for you, you're not functioning at full capacity in my opinion. You're functioning with a certain safeguard, with a certain amount of I need to protect myself. And I never thought the conversation would go this way, but I wanna mention, everybody take away from this conversation. Take stock of that. Take stock of who you're around. And something I've realized in myself is I flourish best when I feel safe, supported, encouraged, loved, liked, accepted, whatever. When I feel judged, when I feel uh, people are competing against me, when I feel people are grading me, my performance is way lower. Mm-hmm. And it takes a lot of work for me to actually push myself to be vulnerable in an environment that's like that. But when I feel safe and supported and whatever, I don't have to push myself because I don't feel so vulnerable. So that's just something that I kind of realized in the moment, improvising. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but that's an important thing, I think, that you know, I, I realized actually, like I was writing about that today in my journal entry actually, but it was that I flourish best when I'm supported, liked, accepted. I have the biggest struggle when I feel judged, when I feel like people are um, trying to replace me or compete with me. And yeah. so I've been thinking about that actually today and going, okay, well, you know, that's an important element to consider as you move forward in certain areas of your life. I, this is just self-talk. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm really glad that you brought this up because bizarrely, one of the things that I'd been potentially thinking of as something we could talk about today was um, this feeling of being alone. Hmm. And this speaks oh, to We're really that. getting into stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah. man. So it's like, this is a nice little deviation that we're sure. taking right now because, yeah, it's worthwhile taking. It was because it was something I was... I was thinking about is something that I was uh, in contact with with myself. I was really acknowledging uh, how alone I felt in a certain moment, and and how completely unnecessary that was, and how completely false that whole idea was. But it was what I was feeling. Mm-hmm. It was just a misperception of sorts, and. This it came with this realization of that we are never ever alone in anything, even if you can't necessarily see the people there for you. You know, it's like maybe you've, yeah, you don't have a group of people around you who are supportive and and yeah, they're they're judgmental and they they put you down and they ridicule you. I mean, these are not people that are worth having around because you will feel alone in the presence of those people. Yes. It is better to leave those people. And even though you might not have found your tribe yet, they're out there. This world is full of people who are meant for people like you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like it's, it's an incredible thing. There's, there's something for everyone out there. And it really, for me, it begins with sharing your passion. Yeah. Sharing what what moves you. Yes. 
what is your fire? You start sharing that with people, you're going to start to find that your tribe forms around you very quickly. Yeah. People are are a beacon, right? We're always shining a light and sending out something for each other to see. And I I this is actually related to preparation because I really do believe that so much of preparation is just you shining your light, shining whatever it is that you say you want to do or you say is important to you and you shine and you shine and you shine and it might feel like nothing's happening for a while but all of that shining is attracting people it is being seen one thing okay i'm going to share a story when i was younger i was very neglected nobody was around i spent a lot of time alone and I used to have this sense and also like I went through kind of a bit of a bullying stage like I was bullied um, a lot in high school and just kind of rejected you know and I felt a lot of people are surprised by that when they meet me today but I used to actually show up to places and I didn't even think it mattered I was there and I was literally not I'm not joking I was surprised when people remembered me. Like, mm-hmm. I was like, you remembered me? Like, like I actually, that's how invisible I felt. Like, I honestly felt I didn't matter at all. Mm-hmm. And I used to be so surprised that people remembered me or remembered something I did or said or whatever. And it took a while for me to actually realize that my presence actually mattered. And it took a, even longer for me to realize that my lack of presence even mattered, that people noticed when I wasn't somewhere. That was another thing that like kind of blew my mind. Now, maybe for some people, this is obvious. For me, this wasn't. But I do think that in some way, we all kind of have this um, sense of how much do I actually matter? How much do I actually make an impact? So you are always shining when especially like you're shining anyway but when you shine your passion people are noticing that and they might not say anything the first few times that they interact with you but i can promise you listen from my own personal experience it is actually landing people are taking that in and sometimes it takes people a few times of interacting with you before they're going to take notice maybe it even takes more but your job is simply to shine. And I think that's a really important part of preparation because you shine and you shine and you shine and then people notice and they notice and they notice. And then all of a sudden you get into the moment where they're noticing and you're shining come together to enough of a point where you have an opportunity. And preparation, that's why I'm saying is like, it happens sometimes without you noticing it. So you wanna set yourself up so that almost like, you don't even have to be conscious about what you're preparing for yourself if that lands. Mm-hmm. That's kind of what I realized. That was a big, huge, massive realization for me. I mean, man, to come from a place where I literally didn't think it mattered if I showed up or didn't show up to somewhere or people, I didn't even think people would remember me. Yeah. To get to a place like this, I mean, man, that, that was a major transition in my life. And I, I stand by that. Like I put my hand up and say like, you know, if you feel like you don't matter, I can guarantee you do so much more than you realize. Yeah. I feel like I say that on a lot of these episodes, mm-hmm. though. I remember you, that, you know? we, I think it was on, on our, our old podcast, on the B&E podcast, we did one on on being seen, on yeah. 
that you are seen. Right. Like you might not think you are, but you are, and you're having an impact whether you like it or not. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, well, that was a good little side, side step. I like that. I mean, it wasn't even a total side step. It was related, of course. Well, but... it's all related. You know, you said something to me once, it's all grist for the mill, including the mill. Yeah. And I, I really try to take that, you know, um, with everything I do and really consider that things that seem totally unrelated are often actually a lot more related than you realize. Yeah. Off, often shockingly so. Yeah. Um, I want to just dive into the, or dip into the rabbit hole, if I will. Sure. Let's dive down. Uh, if we, if, yes. Uh, of this funny, paradoxical relationship between presence, or sorry, an improvisation, presence and improvisation kind of go hand in hand. Yeah. Um, and, and planning. And I think we've already started to talk about it, but... For me, there's this fascinating relationship that exists with all things that appear as opposites. Because opposites have the, a relationship with, the, with each other in the fact that they're opposites. <laughs> right. That's, that. Well, explain, because people might not totally understand. So it's like by... I'll do my best, Brandon. Sure. You put me on the spot. I'll, I'll help. But when we... Planning implies improvisation. Because... Good point. And as improvisation implies planning because one what's cannot one be with what's other. one without the other. The yeah. one does not exist without the contrast of the other one being there. Mm -hmm. However, the funny thing with when you look at any of these opposites is when you find the harmony that's actually between them. Like the there's, interrelatedness. There's an interrelatedness. Yeah. There's there's a beautiful functioning of when they come together in a very beautiful way. And we've been touching on it with some of the things that we've been saying so far. But I want to talk about it a little bit more directly. It might seem a little bit philosophical, but to me there's a there's a real reality to any to to, to what what I'm saying. Can I say one thing just yes. quickly? Yes. Entering this conversation when I was younger, I might have looked at improvisation and planning a little more like black and white. One, yeah. There's one and then there's the other. And I think what you're pointing out is how there's kind of a gray to it. There's, there's a symbiotic kind of like relationship between the two. And one doesn't really happen without the other. And, yeah. you know, I think sometimes we do life like I'm improvising or I'm planning, but I'm not doing the other while I'm doing this. And I think what, what you're pointing out, and I'm just saying this, maybe this will help someone in the audience, but it's yeah. helping me, um, is that what we're kind of really talking about is how these things actually are one, how they're like connected and related yeah. so that you don't like cleave off like a certain part of yourself while you're doing one of them. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, to give a visual reference, it's like the it's like the yin yang. Yeah, you know that's exactly what it. If you get past whatever your sort of esoteric concepts are of it, it is pointing to uh, what they felt was a fundamental uh, truth about our reality is that within this perfect circle, there are these two opposites that also contain a piece of each other within them, and they circle around each other in a perfect mm. dance, as Alan Watts would say. <laughs> <laughs> but, 
But in this particular thing, like just to get into a little bit of how how this how this works is that you have a plan to do something. You're prepared to do something. In many ways, the preparation of doing anything is what allows you to go forward with it. It allows you to enter into a venture of any kind. But once you're on the playing field, as it were, there are going to be immediate things that are happening that require a an immediate response, that require something that you could not plan on. Because if you were to just continue on with the plan without responding to what is actually happening, the plan is completely redundant. Hmm. The plan is completely useless. Bizarrely, the plan is completely useless because you are off in a corner where nobody else is hmm. or where nothing is actually happening or you're whatever it is, or you're caught up in too much noise. There's you're, you haven't, you don't have the capacity to address reality hmm. in many ways. That's what improvisation does too. It's like, no, we have to address this reality that is happening right now, right, right in front of us. Likewise, if, if we just try and improvise everything without any kind of a plan, there's no sense of direction. It's like, it's like when you watch um, like toddlers playing sports, you know, it's like wherever the ball is, everyone is. Yes. Well, that and that's the first basics. That's the first basis of sports, actually, is like go where the puck or go where the ball is or go with the whatever the thing is that you're trying to get. That is the first fundamental step of all sports. If you watch all young people play sports, you'll you watch a soccer game, you watch yeah. a hockey game, you watch a basketball game. You'll just see a clump of little kids around the one thing that's important. And that's it's a hyper focus. Yeah. You know, improvisation actually you're helping me realize is that when you really fly by the seat of your pants, you create a hyper focus of presence on the thing that you think matters. The plan doesn't like the plan actually can remove you from the hyper focus. That's the actual value of a plan. Like um, the plan takes what's important and creates space. If you think about it this way, right? Yeah. Like positioning in sports, right? Pro athletes, if you watch them play, they have great positioning usually. Yeah. And positioning is what allows the hyper focus, call it the ball or the puck or the whatever thing that you're after. It creates space so that you can move the thing, so that you can create form. Plan is like form. And, you know, think about like dance or anything without form. I mean, think about a painting without form, without a frame. It's like, you know, if if someone was painting and they thought, oh, I'm just going to paint here. And all of a sudden you realize the canvas is like all over this area and they only painted in the small corner. It's just a white blank canvas or whatever with yeah. a tiny little painting in the corner. And it's like... It might sell. It might. It might. <laughs> but it might by kind of fluke. Yeah. You know what I mean? Planning is kind of like looking at the whole thing. I mean, it would be one thing if you had an artist that said, I'm only going to paint in this corner 
recognizing that they had a whole frame. It's another thing to have an artist that only paints in a corner, not realizing that they had an entire frame to paint with. Yeah. You know, that's a, that's an accidental maybe creative success, but like if it, you know, you know what I mean? In many ways, what I'm kind of seeing is like, because I want to, if I may, I want to sure. change one of the words that you said because oh, you yeah. said hyper focus. Okay. And I'm like, it's not hyper focus as much as it is a narrow focus. Mm. You know, because like there's nothing like hyper focus is a great thing, you know, but focus can a hyper focus can take take in account the the macro and the micro. Sure. And this is maybe another good way of looking at this is that in many ways, the planning is the macro. Mm. And the improvisation is the micro. Yes. Because the plan gives us a greater perspective of the whole field of what's going on. Yes. Because if you were to put any, like to continue with athletics, if you were to put any, or even with art, like if you put a b bunch of musicians or, a, you know what? Yeah. Let's just, let's switch it up. Let's do musicians. Let's put a bunch of musicians together and just say like, play anything. Yeah. Right. It's going to sound like a, a calamity. Yeah. It's going to be unpleasing. With sports, just like they're just going to be everywhere. If you put that next to a team that has put, like, or, a, or a band that has been practicing, planning, rehearsing. It's organized. It's organized. Suddenly we have music or we have this team that's just going to destroy yeah. <laughs> the other team. You know, it's like because they're all just running off to one area wherever the ball or the puck or whatever is is. And meanwhile, you've got this team that's just dancing around them. Okay. You know, just... I want to share a story because it can go the other way too. Yeah. But a plan is necessary because here's an interesting... I was playing for a team. We were undefeated. We were an incredible team. We won Provincial Cup. We, we did it all. Yeah. We're playing this one team. They're like a shitty team. They're not good. Like they're low in the table. And But in the first half... We like couldn't score on them. We're like exhausted. We're like running around. None of us, I mean, at least not me. Maybe the other players had some idea what's going on. I had no idea what's going wrong. I remember we came in at halftime and our coaches explained to us they're playing kick and run, which is basically you just kick the ball at the field and you run after it. And what would happen is we kept kind of like getting the ball. We work the ball up. We plat, we pass, we're on position. We're all playing. We're like this really like elite team. They just kick the ball up and run after it. Yeah. And they're like chaotic. And our plan was not working against them. So our coach said, okay, he said, they're kicking and running and we're, we, so we're going to kick and run. We're going to actually, but we're going to plan kick and run. We're going to actually get organized about kick and run. And so we went in the second half and just obliterated them. But in the first half, we couldn't even score a goal, yeah. which is so interesting. But we went at halftime and re-evolved our plan. Um, very there interesting. There was also responding. There was, was improvising responding. to what yes. was going on because the plan you came in with was not working. Right. And against and that's the thing where a plan can fail you. When you end up in a, in a scenario of like chaos... You know, when you end up in a, this happens in poker, I hear a lot of the time, you know, I played a bit of poker, I'm, I'm pretty decent, but you'll play against these players who don't know how to play and they play chaotically. And then sometimes they'll win and they'll win big pots because you're trying to read the player. You're trying to go back to your principles of like how to do it. And it doesn't work because they don't play by those rules. They don't play by that. Yeah. They, they're fully improvising. And 
the thing is, or this it, is their plan because they also know all of the rules that sure. you're playing. By. If they're planning, then they're dangerous. Yeah. But if they're not planning, they're beatable. Yeah. You know what I mean? So you, uh, you know, if you have a plan and improvisation, you're always more well equipped. I think that's basically the point that I want to yeah. make here. Um, but yeah, it's funny because sometimes you have this plan and you go, yeah, we're going to walk in, we're going to do this. And it just does not work. Yeah. You know, well, I mean, like, yeah, we did that one podcast a while back about like systems. Right. And I had read, I think it was Ken Wilber in one of his books. He, he said like, cause a plan and a system is, is they're, they're pretty much almost the same thing. You could almost use it interchangeably. I, I, I think. Um, but basically his thought was, any system uh, or a good system is one that lasts long enough to get you to your next one. Mm. Right? That's a great saying. I love that. Because eventually it's going to break down. Yeah. Right. At some point it breaks down and you need to come up with a new one. That's just, again, the nature of life. Things change. Things evolve. Things we, we need to adapt. We need to continue moving. You know, Well, plan is predictable. That's another thing, yeah. right? Like that's why plans don't always work because, you know, like, you know, if you look at like sports, for example, like fighters, like prize fighters, they will study each other and come up with a plan based on what that person tends to do. And so, you know, if say, for example, if anyone knows Mike Tyson, you know, Mike Tyson, he's funny. He's a funny guy, but yeah. people would come in with a plan because they knew he was a heavy puncher. They knew we wanted to get close, but Mike Tyson had an interesting saying, which is like, everyone has a plan until they get punched in the face. Yeah. <laughs> which I love that because that is, that is how it feels when your plan goes to shit. And if yeah. you're, if you're not prepared to get punched in the face, if that's not part of your plan, then you have not planned in anything, in yeah. my opinion, because life will punch you in the face in its own little way. And part and, and sometimes or you certainly can. Yeah. Sometimes yeah. it welcomes you with open arms too. Sure. But, but sometimes you get punched in the face and, and sometimes you don't know what being punched in the face is like. But part of I think doing anything is being willing to get punched in the face, essentially. Like, you know, part of what's gonna make you fearless is planning for things to go wrong and not have an answer for it. Not have an improvisation to get your way through it, but to just get knocked on your ass and get back up and go again and that's all you can do yeah. i feel like that's an important part of what we're talking about because i think a lot of times when people plan they try to plan as though they can somehow dodge certain things and uh, i personally think and this is just my opinion everybody needs to get knocked on their ass a little bit in life you need to realize your limitations and it's not yeah. like you it's not like you should look at it like I'm limited, but look at it like, okay, that's as far as I could go. Now, let me get up and be better. But, yeah. you know, if get you're up not, and go further ne exactly. the next time. If yeah. you're not getting knocked on your ass somewhere, you're not finding out what you're made of. Yeah. And that's actually, in many ways, it's part of the, the game of life. It's part of what makes it worth living. Yeah. Because, again, if, if we could plan for everything, you know, we think that this would be a fantastic thing, <laughs> but it, it yeah. actually would not. Because if we actually knew how everything was going to go, how everything was going to work out, the direction of everything, it would be incredibly boring. Yeah. We would just be like, well, what's the point? We wouldn't bother with doing anything. Yeah, we already know how it works. We already know how it's going to end. What's the point in that? It's like watching a movie where you already know how it's going to end. 
you know, well, I mean, depends if the movie's good or not. You know, sometimes it's worth <laughs> worth watching one that you already know. But poor metaphor, Brandon. Poor metaphor on my part. <laughs> I'll forgive you. Not my point. It's but good. Okay, well, let's talk about like, let's go back to your point cuz you're you're talking about the balance, the yin and the yang of planning and improvisation. Yes. Let's really talk about like how do we find this kind of balance, the symbiotic relationship and um just do whatever we're trying to do with with some elements of planning, some elements of improvisation and you know, where do we start? How do we incorporate this into into our lives? That's kind of what I I I want to know, even myself personally, because we started this conversation and one of the challenges that I realized that I have been doing in my life is that I ride more by the seat of my pants and I wing it a lot more than I'd like to admit, <laughs> but yeah. I'm admitting it, but I honestly do. And it, I've been running into problems a little bit because I just go, I could just figure out in the moment and then I can't, I'm, I'm not, first of all, Either I don't have the ability or more likely, more often, it's like you just aren't able to do that without some planning, like some yeah. system, something in place. Like yeah. it's not, nobody could, it's not even your fault. Like, and it's a simple solution. Just get a system, just get a plan, just get some guidance. Yeah. But like, the, yeah. And you need a plan in order to throw the plan out the window. Yes. You know, but <laughs> that's a good point. <laughs> it's and it's an important thing to have. You still need to have the plan in order for it to go out the window. And planning to not have a plan isn't a plan. <laughs> yeah, no, because <laughs> you know, that's a part of how I do it. It's like, I, you know, this is just how I do it. This is just how I am, you know, and that's sometimes I'm realizing in some areas of my life that works great. But some areas it does not work at all. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And and it's, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I was just about to repeat exactly what you had just said. <laughs> okay, well, let's get into it. So, so yeah, no, let's let's get into it. You know, it's Brandon. Do you remember when we took that? We we took a course with Dov Simmons. Yes. Uh, his weekend filmmaking workshop. Excellent course, by the way. Excellent course. Excellent course. Love that he's such a such a great dude. Yeah. Uh, I don't know how he'd feel about being called a dude but anyhow <laughs> he'd probably yell at you a little yeah, yeah. <laughs> but i remember when he got to the the this section of the course on script writing how do you write a script and it was it was a simple kind of formula basically that he learned from an actual screenwriter who's written who's been a working screenwriter for years and basically what they did was they had a sheet of paper and they wrote one, two, three, four, all the way down. And each number was the scene. And you would write exterior, interior, wherever it was. And on that line, you would say you would just write out this is what happens in this scene. Just like the bare bones of this is what happens. Mm. And then you do it for the next one. It's like, OK, so then the next scene is this blah 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 here's where it is here's the gist of what happens so simple it was such a simple thing but that is a plan what's actually happening there is a plan for a script <laughs> right that you've already begun you know that's part of the process but i used that actual method and that process when i wrote my first feature script mm. and it 
freaking works. Yeah. And I've used it since because of its simplicity, which was another thing we actually t- talked about, maybe yeah. talking about today. Like that it get, gets a little it's bit related. of an honorable mention today. Yeah. <laughs> but it was so simple. And it creates just a simple through line. It's like, okay, yeah, here's how the story basically flows. As I started actually writing the script, some of this stuff changed mm-hmm. as I was actually doing it. You know, like it's... But even if something was altered or changed, it's like, okay... This scene, for some reason, it's not going to work the way that I had originally planned it. Because usually, because there's something better. There's a better solution or there is a better opportunity Mm -hmm. within whatever was going on. Now that I was involved in the Mm minutiae of it. Again, this whole macro and micro situation happening. It's like I had this whole macro thing laid out. But now that I'm dealing with the micro, it's like, okay, hang on a second. This isn't going to work as I had planned it. But even if that happened and maybe it was like, okay, I knew there was a solution that was still in front of me. I still knew what the solution was, Mm -hmm. even though it wasn't according to the plan. And then eventually I found myself at spots. I was like, oh, and now we're back on the plan again. We're back to where where I actually had something written. I wasn't lost. Mm-hmm. I still had this thing that I was riding on. Right. Even though I had moved away from it, it's suddenly, okay, now I'm back. I There was always that, there was a direction that that plan had always kept on pushing me towards. Mm. I, I, I don't know. <laughs> That's it. That's all I've got. But I'm saying this just as an illustration of this harmony this balance that exists between them because if i just stick to the plan and i ignore the fact that you know what there's a either a better opportunity or this just simply isn't going to work now that i've actually put you know the rubber to the road and this is starting to take shape we have to address the things that are changing because otherwise the plan is useless but if we don't have that plan we have no direction Mm -hmm. There's no sense of direction because if I just thrown out, it's like, oh, okay, well, now I've run into my first hiccup and now I have to change it and just throw everything else away. Well, now I don't necessarily know where I'm going right. anymore. But you keep that. That's where the plan can still, even when you deviate from it, how it can still inform the rest of the process. Because mm-hmm. I'm like, well, I still kind of know where this has to go, where this has to get to. Mm-hmm. And well, it pulls the whole thing along. You know, that's it's an interesting thing because I think this also ties into kind of the law of vision. And vision is vision is something that I've been working out a lot in my life because I have very grand vision about certain things. And I find that for me, my vision, I'm not scared to make it big. I'm not afraid to do that. I know that can be a limitation for some people. They make their vision smaller so that so that they you know, but they don't ask or or look or make the intent for what they really want. I don't find it challenging so much to make the intent of what I want. But I do find that in the process of going from step A to wherever B that is that vision, let's call it, um, that I do find I experience things like overwhelm and confusion and personal doubt, right? And I, I can see that that's probably why a lot of people don't have bigger visions because they're scared to face those feelings. But 
when you create a really grand vision, something I've learned is that usually there is no plan. There's no way of making a plan for how to actually make that vision happen because yeah. it's so grand that it's so beyond what you're capable of planning. And so one of the big lessons that I've learned is that you plan to the point that you know you could get to. So for example, you have this grand vision. Maybe you, you want to build some kind of empire or something, right? Like you want to build some uh, maybe massive acting career or whatever you want to do, right? And you want to be up there holding the Oscar. You want to have done like several feature films that made an impact on the world and whatever. So that's your thing, right? That's what you're looking at. But you don't know how to get there. You don't even know how to get an audition for a commercial, you know? And that's yeah. where you're at, right? So you kind of look at it and you go, okay, well, what could I do right now? And one of the things that I've been really taking a lot of stock in is the concept that when you have a big vision, you have a step towards that vision and your plan becomes that step. So you don't minimize your vision to that step and make it, my vision is this step. I want to get on a TV series. It's like, no, you don't just want to get on a TV series. Fuck that. You want to get on a feature film. You want to be acting with these actors and you want to be holding a fucking Oscar at the end of the day. Or you want to be Lifetime Achievement Award or whatever your thing is. Yeah. So let's not pretend that that's not true. But right now, your thing is, I just want to book a role in a short film or I just want to get a... A bigger role than I've ever gotten, like a guest star or whatever. I'm just using acting. So you don't make your vision smaller, but you plan for what you're aware of. And you work at making that plan happen. And once that happens, then you can make a bigger plan for the next step. Yeah. And one of the things that I've been just really learning is to min minimize, like, like not minimize, but simplify the plan. So... I can actually work with what is possible at the moment. Because think about it this way. There's a lot of things we want, but you there's like prerequisites to having that thing. So you need to do this first before you can do that. So you need to figure out, in my opinion, and my lesson has been, you need to figure out what do I need to do before this is possible. One of the big ones for me was like build a website. I realized that like a lot of the things that I wanted to do, at least with my business, was based on building a website properly the way that I wanted it. And I was trying to do all these things, but my website was just not proper. And so I was like, okay, let's go back. Let's build a proper website. Then once that's done, we can do the next step. And I think part of planning is having a ability to recognize that you can only do what you can do right now. And you don't need to do what seems totally overwhelming and out of reach. I think that's just an important thing for people because I don't know about you guys, but like for me, overwhelm shuts me right down. It just makes me not want to do anything at all. Yeah. And I'm not even improvising at that point. <laughs> I'm just like shut off, you know? Yeah. Yeah. What's interesting about what you're saying is one of, I, I refer to this guy uh, somewhat frequently but one of my favorite sort of uh, figures out there in the world is a guy named Simon Sinek. Just look him up. <laughs> if you haven't heard of him, or if you have, you're probably like, oh, yeah, Simon Sinek. <laughs> um, but he has this whole thing that he presents uh, called The Infinite Game. And I haven't read his book on it. I've only heard him sort of talk in 
sort of the general idea of what it is. But what you're saying really makes me think of that with vision mm -hmm. because he would, I would think would argue you have to take it a step further. Okay. Because what he advocates for is you need to have a vision bigger than what is you can actually accomplish in your lifetime. Well, I agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, no, even in your lifetime. In your lifetime. Right. It needs to be bigger than what, like it needs to be something like for him, hmm. like his whole, like his whole vision is to, is for a world where everybody goes to a job that they, they love and they find fulfilling. Hmm. And he's like, I am not going to accomplish this in my lifetime. You know, he's like, but that's the infinite game. And he points out that this is what the most uh, innovative, uh, productive, you know, companies and leaders, they're, they're all playing this infinite game. Something that is bigger than themselves. Mm -hmm. Something, but it doesn't mean that you don't still have these accomplishments, right? It doesn't mean that you still don't have tremendous successes, only that you're playing at something much, much bigger. And by accepting the fact that you will never see this thing fully come to fruition actually, actually takes the pressure off hmm. in a weird way. Because you already know it's not, you're never going to see it. But it rewires your brain to start going, doing things and going after what you're going after for, from a completely different place, which is kind of the brilliance of, of what he's mm -hmm. saying. And I'm only just realizing this through <laughs> our conversation and what you were just saying is that like, yeah, it's, if we can have a, a, a vision, sort of a plan that is just on that scale of things, mm. you know, that it's like, you will never see this. Mm. You will never actually see this, but you will do something to get us closer to that. Yeah. That will bring the world closer to that thing. Mm. I like it. Yeah. I do like it. It's, um, I know it's, it's maybe a little bit of a, I kind of maybe went off a little sidestep there again, but. Well, I think the, the thing that I take away from that is giving yourself a certain amount of um, intention and direction but at the same time like the detachment like improvisation is so important to be like detached from the outcome like when you're improvising you need to just do the thing you're going to do and you need to do it full out you, if you if you half-ass anything you never really know if it worked or not you gotta like go for it you gotta like try your thing you know, and not be apologetic for it and like let that go. And this is the part, you know, I come back to that point where you get knocked on your ass every now and then where in your mind, you think that this will work. You think that this is a good idea and then you do it or say it or whatever and it just doesn't work. You know, you see this every once in a while when someone cracks a joke and like everyone's like, ha ha. <laughs> <laughs> nobody laughs or it's just it bombs you know what i mean maybe just a bad crowd right maybe but or not the right crowd maybe but the other thing too is that sometimes um you know what you think is say funny or what you think is is creative or what you think is whatever isn't and 
part of getting knocked on your ass is having the recognition that that isn't. But you're not going to know if it is or not if you don't fully commit to it. Yeah. And if you're not attached, if you can let it go and move on to the next thing. Because, you know, when you look at, say, film, for example, or storytelling, acting, whatever you want to call it, really, it's a, it's a constant game of win and lose. Writing a great story and great characters, great characters don't just win, 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 or lose, 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 lose. They win and there's, they lose and then there's hope and then there's like, did they win or did they not win? And it's kind of like these, this dance of struggle and strife and then victory and success. And you're, you're kind of like going like, okay, it isn't possible. It is possible. It isn't possible. It is possible. And like, I think that we plan as though it's like, it's possible, it's possible, it's possible, it's possible. It's win, 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 win. But like, if you plan more like a movie, knowing that you're going to go through like, man, I'm going to face doubt. I know that I'm going to face doubt. What am I going to do when I get there? How am I going to respond to that? How am I going to be when I get to doubt? It's going to happen, guys. Like, you know it's going to happen. So stop pretending it isn't. Like, that is the planning. The improvisation is, okay, I'm here, and I thought I would do this, but now I'm feeling this, and it's not yeah. working, so you're learning something. And, you know, I like to think of it in terms of values, because I think that values don't really change. There's a quote I had up on my vision board for a long time. It's like, plans change, values don't. You know, and I really agree with that. It's like, your plans will change, but your value never has to change. And that's where the improvisation comes in. You always can improvise according to your values. If you try to always make your plan work, you're going to get fucked. Yeah. But if you, if you always rely on your values, it doesn't really matter what happens because you know inside what's important. You know what matters. And when things go wrong, you can still stick to what matters. You know, your relationship doesn't work out. Stick to your values. That relationship might not work, but the value you had in that relationship still works probably. Mm -hmm. Still is probably good. You know, if you're being honest and authentic, it probably is good. But that person might not be a match for your values or this career move or this job thing you're doing might not be a match. So the external world it does not always align, but because it doesn't align, it can send you on a new path to where it will align. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that's the adaptation part. That's the part where you are responsive and willing to change. Yeah. And I think that absolutely, I completely agree with you is that, yeah, sometimes it's just like we, our response shows us that this is not going to work on the, but on the other side of it too, though, is sometimes it's just what you learn is that what you have needs needs a certain setting needs a certain place you know because like there's plenty of stories especially in in the artistic world of 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 artists who brought their work to someone or to many people and they all said no they all passed on it and yeah. they said no thank you i don't think so doesn't work for me blah 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 and then they got a yes somewhere along the line someone who said i i'll know there's something to this i like this and they become sensation like these you know 
overnight sensations, quote unquote, overnight sensations. <laughs> Always people who've usually been planning and preparing for a long time. <laughs> um, I, I like that story. I mean, I think of the Sylvester Stallone story where he had Rocky mm -hmm. and nobody, nobody, everyone thought it was cliche and blah, blah, blah. And so the story goes, he got rejected so many times, but he had a real belief in that script and he really somehow inside of him you know he resonated enough to feel like no this story needs to be told and i know it's valuable and i know it's worth it and he was willing to i mean it's it's actually incredible because he had an opportunity to sell his script without being attached to it without being a part of it but he wouldn't do it and it was one of those things where you know, it, it would have given him a tremendous amount of options and whatever. And he stuck by the thing and it could have gone the other way and we wouldn't ever know who he is. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? It could have gone the other way, but that's the risk you're going to take in life, you know? And I think that you bring up a good point is that sometimes you got to just check in with your heart and not make your response to the plan based on what happens in the external world sometimes the external world is not going to go along with your plan but if yeah. you are steadfast if you really believe that this is important and you're like and and i think this is where it becomes like this like you have to like have this kind of like inner honesty with yourself there's like yeah. do i really believe in this or am i just being stubborn like am i just being kind of like bullheaded because there's a, there's a very fine line between just like i'm gonna force something and i believe in something and you know maybe that's another conversation all in of itself yeah but you know i think when you're it's something that's worth mentioning because you raise a good point sometimes your audience is not the right people to be presenting your idea to and you shouldn't put too much stock in simply that audience. Yeah. Sometimes your audience is a great feedback point where it can help you to adjust. You're going to have to make that decision. And that's one of those things we can't answer on this podcast. Yeah. Because it's it's your own that's your own way. That's your own journey. Yeah, totally. I yeah. mean, I've shared this story before, but I'll, I'll do it as quickly as I can this time. Sure. But it, it was a great story from from Jack White who was he was on tour and during like a a warm-up uh, sound check he was playing this playing this riff and one of his friends was like on like a roadie with him right and he played and he's like hey man what do you think of this song and he his, his friend was just like ah you know i don't know it's didn't really think they're didn't really like it and said didn't really think it was much of anything and jack white you know he's kind of an eccentric but I, I have such tremendous respect for him because he's to me he's he's a real he's an artist you know like he has that sense of honesty like you were talking about his an ability to to hear himself and to listen to himself in his heart and he said no there's something to this he's like I think there is something to this thing that I've just that you've just shot down in front of me and that thing was seven nation army like probably their biggest song that the, his biggest song that he's ever done mm -hmm. seven nation army is huge and had he just listened to that external pressure and response you know 
we would never have that. He would yeah. have never created that song. But there's something there that just says like, no, no, no. I have to stick with this because there is something here. You know, you know but, and that's, I feel like you bring up such a great point. That's a topic we should get into at some point and talk about that because it's like a feeling and a sensation. You know, it's a, it's something inside of you that just it, like it burns red hot. Like it's, it, it stays with you, you know, it doesn't, you know, maybe you kind of forget about it for a bit, but it keeps coming back. And that's another part of, you know, the artist journey. But, you know, you you bring up a good point because this is the thing about artistry in life, not just being an artist. It will, it will give you so much that it's hard to decipher. And when we're having these talks, that's what Evan and I are really trying to do. We're trying to share with you some of our insights, some of the things that we've gone through through interviews with other artists but the thing that I would say is like we're all in this together and we're all going through a lot of the same things and my wish is simply that people will go out there and not only trust their own voice a little bit more but walk their own path and maybe dare to venture out into something that is this is inside them and share that with the world and you know I hope this is just a little element like even if it's a fraction of a percent that helps you on your journey i hope it does and i think sometimes that's that's all this is it's just a little bit of a nudge in the right direction a little bit of a perspective shift to give you just a little bit of a foothold because you know maybe you're struggling and your plans aren't working or maybe you don't know why things aren't going to plan and maybe this helps you kind of just work that out a little bit you know i mean I think what's interesting is we always start these conversations from that place. It's like we're struggling with something in our own artistry and our own kind of career. And we kind of talk it out and we work it out and we go, well, let's share a little bit of that. Let's talk. And then we share it. And like, we have a plan. <laughs> I mean, I'm discovering stuff as we're talking about it. So yeah. it's, you know, we, 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 we literally do what we say. We don't, we don't say it and then be like, yeah, yeah. Off with you. <laughs> Like, yeah. go do it you know like we're in this with you guys like we're all in this together totally yeah we're hashing this out and having discoveries as it, but that's part of why we do this because yeah. we love having the discovery of it you know this is yeah exactly what we, what we're doing here exemplifies this exact thing that we're talking about you know we have a plan in the sense of we've created the foundation to have to record a, a podcast to do this together to put this out into the world there's there's that thing that has been laid out but what it, all it does is it creates the opportunity for us to have this conversation and for things to surprise us yes there you go and that's what makes it so great so let's, okay let's wrap it up but um what do you think of this little brew we had i've been I, i've been enjoying it this is nice nice juicy nice and juicy yeah yeah this is nice and juicy Odin Brewing Co. Um, I don't know if we ever had this one before, but it's called the Galactic Space Dragon. Nice. And it's an India Pale Ale. I feel like I've had this one before, and it's a good reminder of this is that I like this one. Yeah, <laughs> it's a good reminder. I like it too. I uh, I like their can. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I don't know. It was an option that I looked at and liked. I wanted a space dragon in my life. Yeah. So that's what we're drinking today. Delicious. Keeps I like it. the conversation going. Yeah. All right. 
Final thoughts, my man. Final thoughts. Well, I mean, I don't know. It's for me, I, some of the things that uh, were just interesting discoveries for me on this one was uh, this sort of macro and microcosm that I, I touched on a few times. I thought that was a super interesting thing that helped me get perspective as to what the relationship is between these things, what their function is. Um, and yeah, really that, that what planning actually is, what preparation actually is. And in many ways, all it is, is it's creating the space for you to improvise, mm. but you have to create that space because you can't improvise without the space. Mm. You need to have the space. The space is what you have to work off of. But you can't just be floating out there. I mean, you can, but there's not going to be a particular direction to it. You know, and I mean, who knows? Maybe there's some value in that. There's probably some value in that. But for me, there really where the greatest value is is where we find this that harmony between them so that's that's really it for me it, it for me it's just it's it's actually made me kind of more excited about being a bit more of a planner because i'm more of like a person i'm like I, I i sometimes avoid trying to plan stuff out um and and more so just improvise hmm. but it's I'm, I'm I have a greater appreciation for what planning and preparation is bringing to the table and how that's actually by doing it. It gives me greater strength and power and trust in the improvisation that I do. Well, I would take away the same thing myself because I definitely am more of an improviser, more fly by the seat of my pants and. I find that planning to me, I, I, it always feels a little bit like bogging me down a little bit. Like I don't want to be limited to the plan <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. kind of thing. And um, you don't have to be. And you don't have to be. And I think that's a big thing that I'm taking away. I, I would also say like you pointed out how it creates space. And I think that's such an important element because I really do believe that improvisation is about setting the stage for yourself, creating a playground for yourself, a sandbox, so to speak in which you can do something. And if you go back to like even improvisation rules, like of actually playing improvisation, like as, a, as an art form, it's yes and. And so I would say that when you make a plan, consider that your plan is yes and. It's this and possibly that. Yeah. And possibly this. And possibly this other thing. And consider that your plan is... Um, limited to what you've seen so far and that it might be more expansive when you get there doesn't mean you don't want to make a plan but if your plan doesn't go to shit but it goes bigger than you hoped like if things open up more than you hoped i hope that you'll be willing to try thanks for listening to the show if you got something out of this, if you feel it improved your life or your journey in any way, please take a moment to subscribe, leave a review, or share the episode. You can also support us on Patreon, where we have tons of great bonuses. 
You are the ones that make the show possible and help us to thrive. Thank you for joining us.